And last night, Big E finally won the WWE Championship. Finally won one of the major titles within WWE. And this is on a night where the debut of Monday Night Football this season is coming on. And they announce via Big E on Twitter that Big E had intentions of cashing in on the show tonight in an attempt to bolster the ratings. And personally, because of how heavy-handed it was, I had my doubts on if it actually happened, if this would be a case of a corporate malpractice and they were false advertising. And maybe Big E wouldn't actually cash in, but he would make an announcement of when he's going to cash in at this pay-per-view and call his shot or something like that. But no, Big E actually cashed in his money in the bank contract and beat Bobby Lashley on his cash in after Bobby Lashley just had a match with Randy Orton. And it is the second time this year in which a black champion lost to the new black champion. It happened at WrestleMania this year with Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair and here again with Biggie and Bobby Lashley. In the general mood and feeling that I'm seeing on Twitter from people, the general reaction I'm seeing from people is one of joy. Biggie's one of the more universally liked and well-received wrestlers in this always divisive wrestling community of ours, a universally recognized talent, someone that almost everyone can see. This guy is top level main event caliber potential and that anyone in their right mind would be having this guy as one of the faces of their company. He's marketable, has a great look and has shown the desire to get better in the ring as time, as time goes on. He's not someone that came from an independent wrestling background, anything like that, purely a PC made guy. And he has delivered and continue to get better over the last seven to eight years of his time on the main roster. But I want to highlight that part. Seven to eight years. Big E debuted on the main roster as Dolph Ziggler's bodyguard when Dolph was with AJ Lee. And that was in 2012, if not early 2013. That's how long Big E has been on the main roster. We're going on 10 years of Big E on the main roster. 10 years of people saying that Big E should have been one of the push commodities on the show, on the roster. Nearly 10 years of this, of of Big E being this hot young up-and-comer. 10 years. And while I'm happy for my fellow black wrestling fans as they get to bask in this moment and think about Biggie, this guy that we've all clamored to see in this picture, finally get this chance. It really is just this one moment. It's just this moment. That's what WWE is made of. It's this compilation of moments and moments people care about and moments, moments, moments and things that you can go back to on YouTube. And I remember where I was when this happened and all that stuff. Moments. But 2021 shouldn't have been Big E's moment. 
Biggie's moment should have been coming five, six years ago. Why now are we giving this company a pat on the back? Why now are we giving this company all this praise for their diversity? And yes, transitioning from one black champ to another is completely unheard of territory for professional wrestling. I can acknowledge that that's plain, that's plain, that's plain to see. And that's on some level really awesome to see. But where do we go after these moments? We chase these moments and we let this company go back out there and do the same shit to every black champion that walks that walks through those doors and gets that title. And they have their moment and then they flounder it away within the month, two, three, whatever. And then they go right back down the card. And I don't want to be the person that rains on anybody's parade. But it's hard to look at WWE and have any sort of optimism about this. If you want to do that, let's talk about Kofi Kingston. Let's talk about Kofi Kingston's title reign. And I think Kofi Kingston had good matches after he beat Daniel Bryan. Had an all-time classic WrestleMania match at WrestleMania with Daniel Bryan. One of the best title wins in WWE history, without a doubt. The rematch on Raw was really, really good. The Samoa Joe match was was good. Kofi Kingston had good matches after his uh, during during his reign. But he loses and then what happens? He goes right back down the card. It's not like Kofi Kingston won the belt and is like, "Hey, here's his realization that Kofi Kingston is a main eventer now. He should he is a main event caliber talent and we're going to keep him around the main event scene." That's not what happened. He won the belt, had the moment at WrestleMania. And while it happened so organically, that wasn't what they wanted to happen. They didn't care about a Kofi Kingston title match at WrestleMania. They got their moment out of it, and then they pushed Kofi back down the card. And yes, New Day continues to be fucking 27-time tag champs. Yes, of course. But the moment is empty. It didn't culminate in in, in the realization that Kofi Kingston should have been here this whole time. That's not, where, that's not where that led. It didn't lead to Kofi Kingston getting pushed like Drew McIntyre. It didn't lead to any of that. It led to the moment and then getting pushed back down the card where he's been his entire career. Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair wins the title. Great match with Sasha Banks. Really awesome, really emotional. A lot of stuff going on in it. And both of those two go out there and deliver. Sasha Banks is the best women's wrestler in North American history, I'm pretty sure. If you want to go out there and argue Sarah Del Rey or whatever the fuck, you can make your argument, I'm picking Sasha Banks. Bianca Belair, a lot like Big E, right? These can't-miss prospects. You look at Bianca Belair from the time in which she set foot in the Mae Young Classic and you saw her attempt at 450 and do that hair whip, and you're like, oh my God, this woman is a star. Can't miss absolutely can't miss she wins the title and goes into a few with Bailey where the whole thing is she's getting bullied and now she's questioning her confidence you fucking kidding me Bianca Belair the whole thing that got her over in the first place and her whole act from the time that she started wrestling with the fact that she's the EST of NXT 
that she's the greatest at everything that she does, her overwhelming confidence, that swagger about her, is now a question in a feud. So not only do you then strip Bianca Belair of what her best quality is, Becky Lynch comes back after her time away from, uh, from pregnancy and to be with her child. And Bianca Belair loses to Becky Lynch in 28 seconds. Bianca Belair loses to Becky Lynch in 28 seconds. And yeah, that's not the end of their story. Bianca Belair will probably win the title back from Becky at some point. But if Bianca was really the star that they present her to be, that they want you to believe that she is, why would she not beat Becky Lynch? Wouldn't it be a be- wouldn't it be a bigger rub for Bianca Belair to beat Becky Lynch in her return match? I would think so. That's what it says to me. Maybe I'm out to lunch. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm approaching it from a wildly different perspective than other people are on this. But to me, Bianca Belair, in that moment, if we're chasing moments and Becky Lynch's return is a moment, in that moment, Bianca Belair should beat Becky Lynch. But they didn't give Bianca Belair that moment. Bianca Belair already had her moment. Bianca Belair's moment was WrestleMania. Bianca Belair's moment was WrestleMania when she beat Sasha Banks. That's her moment. And Bianca Belair will win the women's title more times. I understand that. But I need to stop hearing about how Bianca Belair is such a star until they treat her like they treat Charlotte Flair. If you want to keep championing WWE's diversity in WWE's attempt to be less white at the top of their cards. Okay. Cool. Let's do that. When you find me so when you find me someone that gets pushed like Charlotte Flair, when Bianca Belair, who we can all agree is a can't miss prospect, gets pushed like Charlotte Flair does, then we could talk about it. Then we can have that conversation. Maybe WWE has really learned from their ways. Then maybe WWE really does offer something in terms of diversity. Maybe they really do care. Maybe they do. But you can only tell me that shit when they treat someone like how they treat Charlotte. How they treat tall, blonde Charlotte. When they treat Bianca Belair, who has all the same qualities, if not better at those qualities, than Charlotte possesses, then we got that conversation. Until then, it's the same shit, and it rings hollow. And that brings me back to Big E. I'm not someone that thought Big E was too goofy to win the WWE title. I'm not someone that thought Big E needed to be totally serious to win the WWE title. It's, it's all meaningless in the first place, and there's no reason why Big E, with his look, doesn't have enough credibility to go win the title in the first place. Big E's done enough, he has enough credibility, his look is strong enough, his work is solid enough as to where yeah, he can be goofy, he can roll to the ring, he can do all that other stupid shit. It doesn't matter because when he gets in the ring, he has serious matches. So I'm not someone that thinks that Big E doesn't deserve to be champion because he's too goofy. I could not give a fuck less about that. But where does this, where does this go from here? Does Big E remain a main eventer after this? 
does Big E take his take his spot among the upper echelon of the company? Is Big E now in the same conversation as your Roman Reigns is and Drew McIntyre's? Your Goldbergs, your Brock Lesnar's, your John Cena's when he comes back. Even your Randy Orton, someone that's near the top of, that's been near the top of the card for however many years now. Once Biggie loses the title, where'd he go from there? Is he gonna be traded like he's one of the main guys in the company? Or is he gonna go back down the card and win a US title? Hang out with the New Day some more? What does this all what does this all ultimately mean? And as a black wrestling fan, to see other black wrestling fans just so happy with this. I understand it, but then part of me feel part of me feels like it's this plus plus uh, placebo effect sort of deal. Maybe that's the wrong terminology for it and someone could correct me afterwards, but you get Bianca Belair, you get Kofi Kingston, you get Bobby Lashley, and for, for what it's worth, Bobby Lashley has been pushed just as well as anybody on the roster in the last however many years. I will 100% give them that. Totally will give them that. But how long was Bobby Lashley around before they did that? How about you go and look up Bobby Lashley's initial WWE run? And yes, we all know how hard, how pushed Bobby Lashley was when he first came in. Getting the, w, getting the ECW title run and all that kind of stuff. Being the, being the face of that brand for a little bit. Bringing him over to Raw and having a, few, having a pay-per-view match with John Cena. It's not like they didn't try with Bobby Lashley. But go and read up on why Bobby Lashley and, uh, left WWE at that time and why his ex-wife sued WWE? So I don't want to... I don't think it's fair to use Bobby Lashley as this success story of diversity either. But outside of Bobby Lashley, let's look at Kofi Kingston. Let's look at Sasha Banks. Let's look at Bianca Belair. Kofi Kingston has his moment goes back down the card. Bianca Belair has his her moment and loses in 28 seconds. Sasha Banks has had one meaningful title run. Maybe, maybe, even barely meaningful title run in her entire run on the main roster. She never held the Raw women's title for even 60 days. Even 60 days. And this marquee run as the SmackDown Women's Champion, three of her title defenses are against Carmella. She didn't get to do anything. She didn't even do anything in that run. And yes, the Hell in a, the hell in a Cell match with, with, ba- with Bailey is great. But what was Sasha's what was Sasha's reign in the SmackDown Women's Champion other than her title win and her title loss? Nothing in between that mattered. It wasn't treated like she mattered. In those moments, she was not treated as if, as if it mattered. Are we just going to forget how... how People, how much people were dissatisfied with the build to Bianca versus versus Sasha. And this is Sasha Banks we're talking about. This is Sasha Banks, one of the biggest crossover, if not the biggest crossover star in WWE, right this second. 
And for years, she couldn't get a real title reign. For years, Sasha Banks, despite being the common denominator in all these great women's matches that were happening on the main roster or NXT, everyone's best match is Sasha Banks. Whether it is Becky Lynch or Charlotte or Bailey or Nia Jax, Asuka, whoever the fuck you want to say, it was Sasha Banks. And look what Sasha Banks barely even gets. So excuse me if I'm a little concerned. I'm a little worried about what's gonna go about what's gonna go on with Big E. Representation is more than just the moment. Representation has longevity. Representation has consistency. Representation is consistent. It needs to be consistent. And that concerns me about what's going to go on with Big E. It really does concern me. Because Big E has been a hot up-and-comer for seven, eight years now. That's how long Big E's been this hot up-and-comer. Like, ooh, when they push Big E, it'll it'll really be this wonderful thing. We've been saying that for nearly 10 years. How ridiculous is that? How ridiculous is it that Big E had to wait that long to get pushed? And then you show me a white guy that looked like Big E that would have had that would have had to wait that long to get the push that Big E is getting right now. Who would have had to wait that long? Braun Strowman surely didn't wait that long. Braun Strowman definitely didn't wait that long. How many chances did Bray Wyatt get? Under all these different variations of his character. How many chances did Bray Wyatt get? Talk to me. When a black person. Gets the chances that Charlotte. Or Braun Strowman. Or Bray Wyatt got. Continuously on their main roster run. Then we can have this conversation. Then we can talk about this. It really bothers me too to look at my fellow black wrestling fans and see how easy it is to be pleased with stuff like this. How easy it is to just gloss over the ridiculous racist history of WWE because a black person won a, won, won a championship. It doesn't mean any progress is happening just because a black person won a championship. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean that at all. Are we just going to not talk about Leo Rush's gripes in WWE while he was there? Or ACH's feelings in WWE while he was there? Or anything else? But because Bianca Belair is winning a championship, because Big E is winning a championship, because Kofi's winning a championship, Bobby Lashley, all these things, it's like these things didn't happen. And I'm not saying people don't care about these things. I'm not even sure that people really understand the extent of how fucked up WWE's past is. And why it rings a little hollow to see a company that 
had people in blackface putting titles on somebody and suddenly that's all I needed and hands are washed. We're good now. We're square. We're even. It's a little hollow to me. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't make me feel good. And maybe a couple of years ago would have. I'll be honest with you. When Kofi Kingston won it, I felt great. On the verge of tears watching it. So I'm not speaking from the play, from a standpoint as if I haven't been there before. I have, for sure. I'm not looking down at anybody that is. But I don't know how I can look at what's been going on in the world. Going on the last two years now. And look at all these corporate entities that have aligned themselves with the Black Lives Matter movement. And promoted these things knowing that damn well they don't care. We really got to talk about the NFL? And what the NFL did after colluding against Colin Kaepernick and preventing him from getting jobs? And the NFL owners looking at him as if he is a danger and a risk and a liability and getting a perfectly healthy, competent quarterback out of the league just because he decided to kneel in the name in the name against, in, in, against uh, police injustice. That's what happened. And then magically, as the country is in a state of shock and protesting and marching is at a record level, the NFL wants to come out and make statements about Black Lives Matter. The San Francisco fucking 49ers want to make a, want to make a statement about Black Lives Matter. WWE is that same level. WWE and what they're doing, putting their titles on Sasha Banks and Bianca and, and Bobby Lashley and Big E and Kofi, it's the same shit to me. It's the same shit as Roger Goodell offering an apology to Colin Kaepernick four or five years fucking too late. It's the same shit. It's the exact same shit. And I wish I could be happy about this. Because I do love Big E. And I hope he gets an actual reign. I do. But the track record of Money in the Bank winners and how long their title reigns are isn't the best. And just based off of track record and history, I don't have too much hope for what this uh, will be for Big E. Right now, this doesn't come across as anything more than the ratings were bad. And they needed and they needed a jolt. It felt very reactionary. There wasn't any care put into it put into it. There wasn't any thought put into it. There wasn't any effort put into it. And that's entirely how this comes across. And for some people that might be okay. That might be all they need. Just seeing a black face holding the championship might be all they need. Good for them, I guess. But this feels rushed, 
panicky and scrambling for ratings. And I'm not here to debate whether you think it's because of AEW or it's because of Monday Night Football. I really don't give a shit. If you want to be one of those people that think it's because of Monday Night Football, even though Monday Night Football has been in the same time and slot for however many fucking years, then go ahead. But I look at the timing of this. I see it's September 14th. And where... Big E fest until those plans come WrestleMania time. I wouldn't be able to tell you. And that's a shame. Because Big E should be someone that we're certain. Oh yeah, Big E is a WrestleMania main event level guy. And I can't tell you what Big E will be doing by April. I can't tell you. I can't tell you that Big E will have a singles match. Come April on WrestleMania. I would, I would not be able to tell you that. Maybe he does. And I'm hoping they prove me wrong. I want them to prove me wrong. I don't want this Big E win to be this hollow. I don't want it to be. Just like everyone else that's happy on Twitter, I want this to be this great, fantastic thing. But why would I trust this company's track record? Why on earth... Would I trust this company's track record when it comes to when it comes to stuff like this? But maybe Biggie's ascent into the main event is real this time. Maybe even if it's eight years too late, Biggie's finally getting the treatment that he should have gotten six years ago, seven years ago. I mean, the whole reason the New Day exists is because guys like Biggie, Kofi, and Xavier Woods had no direction in the company. And they joined together. And they made themselves so valuable as a collective that they couldn't forget about them. That they couldn't cut them. That's where New Day came from. And now here we are and Biggie's the WWE champion. And that's a great story. But the New Day came from guys that were being forgotten and not being pushed. Just think about that as you're celebrating this Big E win. And, you know, New Day is still technically together. They're still friends on screen and all that kind of stuff. And there's still so much value, value in them as a unit. But it's concerning. The way Kofi's reign went is concerning. Sasha Banks' entire main roster history is concerning. It's all concerning. WWE's entire history involving black people is very concerning. We'll see. But that's all I have on this. There will be a extended uh, regular show between Timothy and I. Timothy has some personal issues going on that if he wants to divulge them when we come back, then he is more uh, than he's willing to do so. But I won't be divulging that on on here. So if you listen to this short solo thing, then thank you for listening to it. Hope you're next time. And hopefully next week, Timothy will, uh, will be back here so we can record. 
If not, I'll have another guest here and we'll talk about whatever topic. But I couldn't go on this week without talking about Biggie and the fallout and reaction to what happened on Monday. <laughs> 